adversity, bring it. The struggle, we welcome it. Snooze on life, never that. We are Dave Regina and Mike Perella, and this is the No Snooze Podcast. Come on. Welcome back to episode eight, Epi Eight of the No Snooze Podcast. Epi Eight, yeah. The high five has become a uh, another one, a thing, another one in the books, baby. So now that we're eight in, well, this this is eight now. What has been your favorite episode thus far? I was thinking about this on the drive over, and I went back and forth, but I think it's episode one. Because it took us a while to get that out. Yes. And then we got out of the fire festival realm, uh, so to speak. So I think, I think episode one, maybe not as far as the content, but as a milestone, it was the start. So. Yeah, because we almost we almost broke up. Yeah. The three of us almost almost uh, separated before it even came out. We should right? have had a making the band documentary, yeah. and it would have been like when you walk to get the cheesecake. That yeah. happened before episode one. <laughs> we were, I mean, it was like eleven thirty at night. We had finished recording Epi One for the fourth time, and we were still trying to figure everything out. But that was the moment that we kind of came together and we're like, "Look, we got to figure something else out because what we're doing right now is not working." Then we came back. So I, th- I think Epi One is definitely a good one. You agree too. I not my favorite in terms of like the content. I think Epi Four was my favorite thus far. So that was Ten Page Dave and oh, mediocrities. mediocrities and Ten Page. Dave. You would like that one, yeah, Mediocrities. Um, I, I think it uh, was lighthearted. I think there was some good content in there. the The feedback was great, but it was a fun episode. I was laughing when I when I listened back, which sometimes doesn't doesn't happen. Isn't that weird though? Like yeah. when you listen to yourself and then you laugh at your own joke, it's like the highest level of being self centered. Yes. So I, I don't. <laughs> and you know me, I don't like attention. No, no attention, know, no attention. But I I don't know if it's just you, but I get a kick out of. Everything that you're doing. Oh, thanks. I, I really do. Like, your jokes, I laugh at. Yeah. So it's not just me laughing in the moment. I, even when I listen back, I actually laugh at it. So to keep the bromance going, I think we've been together for long enough where yes. I get your humor and it hits it in a different way. <laughs> yes. So you, you definitely do. Valentine's Day is around the corner, so you maybe you might get a little heart with some chocolate. Ooh, we'll see. I like that. Maybe a Z with chocolate. Speaking of Valentine's Day. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and talking about the pod bod. Can you update us? You were down 16 big ones. You went away. You look nice and tight still. You got a nice little tan going on here. Uh, so what's going on with the pod bod? So this suit is a gray suit for people watching on YouTube. Fire suit, and it, by the it's way. one of my tighter suits. So I kind of put it on and was like, oh, let's see if this thing Squeezing still buttons. fits. It fits. But it's a little tighter. I was away from the Saturday morning until late Tuesday night. And I ate like an absolute animal the whole time. As you time. should. As you should. So I'm afraid to weigh in. Um, I would ballpark it. I'm probably only down 10 now. I probably gained six pounds in the trip. But I'll do my official weigh-in tomorrow. Yep. And then I'll report back next week. Good. And this, I mean, this, again, plays into the whole, you know, the setback piece Ooh. and you coming back and coming back stronger. And that's fine. You fall off for a little bit. It's how are you going to get back on track? Because this is a very easy time that you can kind of give up. It's busy right now, yes. right? Very busy yeah. season. Uh, you can come up with different excuses to not go to the gym, to not put the junk in your trunk, like yep. you say. Yep. And Mike had a nice little hashtag. It's, it's a new trending hashtag. Junk in the trunk is what, Mike? 
Well, I also I haven't been in the gym in a week, give or take. I went straight to the office on, at five five thirty every day. Got something day. to say about that too, but yeah, I know you guys aren't happy about that. But priorities, I got to close deals. Yes. Um, but the yeah, the junk in the trunk has been a good thing where I've been ordering all my food on Amazon in big large quantities. And when I'm on the run, I am the snack man. My clients love it. Shout out Driton. He had about he had a shout two out or last, three. Last, yeah, last he's, too. he's still the oh, highest. He's still searching. Yeah, I fed a photographer yesterday. Nice. So it, everyone, if you're you're full and happy, you're easy to work with. So and the actual trunk trick. is Mike is taking these uh, healthy snacks and he's putting it in the trunk of his car. Yeah. And he has it accessible. So we're not talking about your actual trunk in terms of your butt. True. Yeah. Right? I didn't even. Uh, you got to explain these yeah, things, I man. decipher that. I just assume people follow the Instagram Yeah. yeah everybody already knows, right? Yeah. Uh, so for me, PodBot is, uh, I would say it's on track. I have a uh, little toe injury that I'm, oh, yeah. <laughs> that I'm dealing with. It's put me out of Sam sauce for a while now, but I actually got an injection in my foot the other day. So there could be a potential playoff run for Did me. Did you get your release form from the team? No. It was sent out. So no, no, I didn't receive it need that back. I definitely did not receive it yet. What is, what is your goal for the PodBot? So the PodBot thing, I am becoming obsessed with pull-ups. Okay. Because it's something that has been so challenging for me like my entire life. Even in like gym class growing up, pull-ups was not my thing. You know, the presidential award? Yeah. When it came to pull-ups, the, the run was great. The sit and reach, I was never good at that either. But <laughs> there's a couple things I'm not good at. But the pull-ups were tough. So now... But I you like, were light at that time. Yeah. So they but were still I just, I don't know why. Maybe the ramen noodle arms weren't able to pull myself <laughs> up. I, I don't really know what it was. But now I'm actually obsessed with pull-ups. Um, not that I do so many of them, but... I adopted this this new thing to where I'm going for like endurance training. So I will stay in the gym for 60 minutes straight and do five sets of three and five pull-ups every minute on the minute for an hour straight. So at the end of that hour, you've just done, you know, 190 to 250 pull-ups. I like seeing that progress. Um, and it's an easy thing to progress on as you continue to do it because you go from not being able to, you know, really pull yourself up over that bar to now, you know, I'm doing that hour thing and it's becoming easier and easier. Have you tried doing pull-ups on other things than a pull-up bar? Like, have you seen stuff and been like, I wonder if I can do a pull-up? Yeah, well, I walk around and I actually look for things well, to, faith, to pull on. Faith Focus Finish uh, is my cousin. Yep. He had his whole thing where he just does pull-ups on stuff. That's cool. So he'll be like at a football field and he'll just jump onto a field goal post and do pull-ups. That's cool. It's pretty mesmerizing. Yep. So maybe we'll And the pull-up, it, it, it actually looks really good. When you do a good pull-up... Uh -huh. No, when you do it, uh, your pull-ups don't look great. <laughs> Listen, I'm still working, but when you when you actually do a good pull-up, man, it feels really good. It feels it good, solid. It's that know? bow. I wouldn't. I mean, I've done maybe a couple in my day, but yeah, you know. I could tell. I could tell. I'm more. Uh, what is it called when it's uh, all the same, all good size? I'm more uh, no, symmetrical. Claudio, symmetrical. Claudio explained it right. I think he called you a potato the other day. A potato? <laughs> I ate a massive potato. <laughs> so, yeah, you're, you're like a potato. It's just kind of, you know. Just pretty, there. Pretty straight. So. All right. On that note. <laughs> on that note. We well, are progressing in the pod bods, and yes. uh, I look forward to coming in next week lean. Yes. So, All right. Good. Stay we'll, tuned. We'll, we'll uh, keep you guys updated there. And this has been a hit thus far. We've seen a couple people took the recommendations. And, you know, we spoke about a couple of books last time in terms of the reference. So we've seen people go out and actually get that. And I think that's awesome. So we'll keep that going on the no snooze recommendation piece. Yeah. My recommendation is going to be to step outside. For those of you who already do this. Sorry, I don't have a recommendation. Step outside your comfort zone and take a cycling class. 
Okay. Cycling is something that not only, you know, can get into into your your mind and into your emotions there, but again, you you get to a limit and then you're able to push that limit and then it becomes easier and easier. I hated cycling. I really hated it. I had that foot injury. That's why I started it. Um, but now I'm slowly becoming obsessed with it. And, you know, we've already spoke about Karina and them. They love the soul cycle classes. But if you haven't taken a cycling class, step outside your comfort zone and take one. My only advice would be to pace yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't try to keep up with the instructor. And really, that's, that's a good lesson in life in general. Go at your own pace. Sit in the back. And, you know, just pace yourself along. When you get tired, slow down. Don't worry about what anybody else is thinking of you. See, I don't like the autonomy of cycling classes because they're like, make it a little harder. And it's very vague, you know? Yeah, so you have to find what I've noticed. You have to find the right instructor in the right class that Mm -hmm. challenges you every single time. So now I'm stepping into the choreography piece. Oh, yeah. Yes, I'm hitting my my Because you were brutal. I was was terrible as well, but it was... I'm actually going back to SoulCycle on Saturday, so I'll let you know how that goes. But I'm excited because I feel like I'm catching the beat, you know? Um, But just in terms of going out and doing something that you haven't done before, if you haven't taken a cycling class, go give it a shot. I like what do you got one. for us? I thought you were going to be like, here's my advice. Grow a nice beard. And I, was, I actually had a good one going, but we'll talk about <laughs> that later. So my uh, recommendation is kind of along the realtor lines, uh, but it could go and apply for anyone, is I went to Home Depot. I have a bunch of new listings coming on, and I always have to make copies of keys. So then I'd have backup copy, copy for the key boxes, and then you know an original. And I was talking to this guy from South Carolina. He was running a machine for key copies. And it's pretty amazing. They use your key to make the copy. And while they're copying your key, it also makes a digital version that gets sent to an app. So if you ever lose all your keys for whatever reason, uh, you text them the copy, uh, the key copy number, and they could just print it on demand. That's genius. It's, it's amazing. I wish we thought of it. Yeah. But the big thing being that I've locked myself at a house, out of my house a couple times. And then the locksmith's like $200. So. Right. And I tried to break into my own house unsuccessfully. So... You know, we do. We so do got a good, good security job. system. It's like the White House. It's, well, you, and, and we you do got, a good job. You got the pup in there. And we PD's got PD fierce attack dog. Yeah, he was. I don't think we had him when I locked myself out that time. It was a while ago. Yeah. It's a long time. Or he was away. That's what he was with his sister. But key, it's called Key Hero. And if you go to Home Depot, Key Hero, uh, it's a spot. I forget the guy's name, but if he has a little twang in his accent, tell him Mike sent you. <laughs> I like that. The so your your episode came out. Right. Transitioning to the episode is something we want to speak about last time. I saw on um, LinkedIn had a tremendous amount of views. Pretty wild. People. 10,000 views or something like that. Yeah. It's funny because and I can't wait till your episode comes out and I'm the realtor on the show. Um, But it's funny because people the questions are super random. Like one person was like, oh, my God, like you only looked at three houses and you bought a house. And I'm (laughs) like, well, it's for the show. And then another person was like, oh, I love the house you chose. Did you actually buy that one? And you have to like explain. We actually bought the house yep. prior to all the renovations. So when we went in, if you rewatch it, and Dana's like, "Oh, I love their taste," and I laugh, it's because it's all Dana's taste, right? Gotcha. So, but it, it's weird to watch yourself on that. I was just platform. gonna say, it's tell weird. us about that. And then knowing Dana and how she is, she was probably on another level. Like, oh, I'm not comfortable with this. So, what was yeah. that like when you guys watched it for the first time? So I remember she texted me and said, "It's out. It's out." are you going to come home so we can watch it? So I actually had a couple appointments that I had to push back a little bit. Cause she was like, I can't watch you without you. I'm going to freak out. So 
we we got home it's 13 minute episode and we started watching and she just was like very critical of herself which everyone is Mm -hmm. but it was funny because she's like oh my god i'm so awkward i'm so this (laughs) i'm so that she actually i was more impressed with her performance than mine i'm pretty comfortable in front of the you're always solid right i'm all right i was exhausted i had a lot of caffeine in me it was the background was uh, just found out my brother had his baby. So we were driving to Boston right after we found out Dana was pregnant prior to the show. And we told, uh, Dana's side and my, my parents as well, um, that she was pregnant like two days before. So we were just like, it was the least of our worries. Mm-hmm. So it, it was fun though, but it's wait till you watch. It's very bizarre when you yeah. watch well, I, yourself. I watch, I think the, the views, watch yourself. I think the views are extreme because I left it on loop, loop. all night for you. So <laughs> I wanted to I'll get do the your, same. your views up No, but it was an off, awesome episode. Uh, check it out on the design network. Yeah. Thank and you for the team. Yes. It's, it's, it's all free. Yeah. Uh, so you just put in your email and it basically gives you access to the channel. So go check that out. And we're still pushing for a spinoff. So if design yeah, network, so you're watching this, right. we're uh, <laughs> raising daughters or we're coming up with some good names for a show. Go. Uh, so I, I need to I need to discuss this, Michael. Oh God! And it's the Super Bowl discussion. Oh no! All right. So long story short, we had we were in in a couple uh, Super Bowl pools, and we did we did well. We won the first quarter, but now it's it's the fourth quarter, and things are looking really really good for us. So I know the three of us, you know, we had our joint pools. I'm sure we all had our separate ones, but there was a nice little pot that was there, and it was for the three of us. And we're all obviously watching the game, and we know our numbers. So Mr. Pirelli decides to shoot a text message with two minutes left in the game, and we are locked in. I we think it know, was less. It, I think <laughs> it like was less, but we knew that we had the score. We had. Did San you guys Fran- know that though? Yes, you we did. had San Francisco where they were, and we had the Chiefs where they were. Yeah. Right, we had it. So Mike decides to send a text, and he's like, one more minute, and we got X amount of dollars, boys. I look at my wife, and I'm like, we just lost. And she goes, why? What happened? Because she's now excited. Yeah. I said, he's mush. <laughs> he is mush. He's a jinx. And to give you a movie reference, the fact that you know here that you go. Me happy. I love the movie A Bronx Tale. Yeah. So it reminded me immediately of mush. Who yeah. is in that movie? And anytime yeah. he places a bet on anything, it turns to Mush, and that's his name. So your name is now Mush. It reminded me of when he was betting on um, the horse Kryptonite in yeah. A Bronx Tale. Kryptonite. Yeah. I, and the funny thing is, I don't know why I texted you guys oh. that because even in the real estate world, I'm super, super superstitious with doing any type of calculation before a deal closes because the deal's not done until it's done. So I have no idea. Yeah, dude. Well, I texted. I mean, never again, please. And my edge was off. I was in Florida. I had my Hawaiian shirt on. <laughs> yeah, I was I... drinking a bevy, <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. It was terrible. Yeah. Terrible, terrible, so, terrible. But we, take, we, hit take, the, we hit the first quarter, though. So that We was, hit the first quarter. Yeah. I also wanted to give us a little more adversity to talk about, so right. I was creating good content. good content. There you go. You're welcome. Good. Thanks, Mike. Yep. Um, all right. So Epi 8 is now going to focus on the lessons that we want to teach our daughter. And I, well, our daughters. And I want to be clear about this because Claudio and Mike and I were having conversations before, and this is now a big piece of our lives. So we're not detracting from the no snooze mission. I love how your head right? moves when right? you say <laughs> you the gotta no go on YouTube. <laughs> the no snooze mission. 
But what we feel is important is being transparent about the stuff that's going on in our lives to ultimately then be able to discuss how we're navigating through those experiences. Yeah. So if you're not having children right now, yeah, this episode might not be for you. But we believe that the experiences that we're going through can ultimately help you and give you a different perspective on either when you get there or just see another side of things. Does that make sense? Yeah, and then all the no snooze mentality is to help prepare for when the big life-changing event happens too. Yes. You know, waking up at five is probably going to be the same thing, but you <laughs> right. know, we might be waking up to some One, dirty diapers. Three, and, five. Yeah, so, so <laughs> it's, we're kind of in um, boot camp. Right. And we're, we're, we're figuring it out. This whole journey is just us, you know, trying to, to navigate through the experience, talk about it, document it, and that's that's really it. That's and I think about. talking about it is going to help us not go insane and right. not lose our minds during the whole process. So yep. thank you, everyone, who um, invisibly is our soundboard and yes. people get to vent to. So right. appreciate it. Yeah. No, it, it's awesome. So let's get right into, I guess, the lessons. And I guess the best way to do this is kind of just go back and forth on stuff. Uh, but... But let's remove the whole, I really want my daughter to be family-oriented and all that stuff, well, right? Because that's that obvious. my biggest one. I know, I know, but it's obvious, though. It's not so always obvious, though. I want to take it a little bit deeper. Well, how do you instill family values? By that, living that. Okay, question. so you can, you, can, you can discuss I that. Can but like, on that. I'm under the assumption that as parents, as mothers, as fathers, that that should be an automatic core for people, right? And knowing where you come from, knowing your background, it's pretty obvious to me that that is something that you value. So the first one that I think is the most important would be to figure out how to instill positive self-esteem mm -hmm. and confidence. That's a good one. Right? Because not only, you know, being a child... If you can be a, a young person in today's society and not worry about, you know, the what people think about you and not worrying about, you know, your body, not worrying about, you know, where you're going to be. And you could just kind of be OK with, you know, your core and be confident in everything that you do. I think that goes a long way. And the way that I plan on doing that is having these discussions very you know, early on and then living through that. So showing, you know, little things here and there and and speaking it, you know, every night before she goes to sleep, talking to her, having a conversation. So that becomes the norm. Does yeah, that make sense? No, it's good. I think it's very good. I think uh, you made a good point of what really hit me was that now we are role models immediately. You know, one, they see everything, kids. And up until this point, I really wasn't the role model for anyone because I was the youngest brother. So, like, I had no one looking up to me, which was great. I kind of did my own thing and flew well, under the for radar. Frank, he's a little shorter. Well, so he, he always, physically would look up to me. He always looked up. Uh, but <laughs> it's one of my favorite jokes. Gets me every time. Uh, but, yeah, like, I looked up to him. He set a very good example. Yep. But I think he had to consciously think about that, or I didn't really have to think about that. Now, my, the whole time I do things, and even when I look at my dog, I'm like, oh, well, you know, they're, that's someone that you're molding. It's a life. It's something, you know, hopefully someone that'll live past you. So it's, it's this big daunting task that I'm excited for, but really haven't uh, done much in the form of mentorship. Mm -hmm. I haven't really mentored really anyone. So it's going to be, uh, 
yeah, the confidence level is a big one that was on the top of my list. The family, like you mentioned, um, and confidence. Uh, what did I say? Confidence already. Um, it, it, the the biggest thing for me, I think, is to let our daughters know that a we love them, obviously, and then b that it's okay to make mistakes, and you just have to learn from it, and to communicate with us when you're having a tough time, or communicate to uh, help us we'll help you figure things out which i i don't know what i don't know but i'm sure kind of broad. Look, I, I think there's a, a lot of that that we got to figure out no idea um but you you said something that maybe now I, I am thinking maybe i do have a leg up on you because of yeah because of my work yeah right as a profession that whole word of mentor that you just said i have been fortunate enough to you know establish really good relationships with a lot of youth out there mm-hmm. and i see the effect that I have on them and I'm learning different ways to instill that confidence whether you you're male or female but especially the females we see it all the time you know you're 15 16 year old girls even 13 14 year old girls you know them not walking around and being confident is a much different look than an unconfident male yeah but I also think it's a harder era because oh, yeah. of social media yes where it's there's no escape anymore it's very very that's a great point um and and in terms of the the social media stuff you know i I think it's only going to continue to evolve before you know it there might be just cameras in everybody's house and they might just be Mm. live streaming everything you know what i mean but we i I don't think 50 years ago society would have been able to see where we are today yeah Uh, so the social media piece is a whole you know separate conversation but after the the whole confidence thing again this is no particular order but something that my parents instilled in me very early if you listen to previous episodes you kind of know my backstory but it's a work ethic Mm, and this is this is something that you can only instill by one proving it again so even even if we happen to to hit it make it really big or whatever the case may be that has nothing to do with establishing a work ethic so my goal is for my daughter to understand not only where you know, her parents came from and where her grandparents came from, her aunts and uncles, where they came from, but to see the value in working for something much bigger than just in that immediate moment. Because once Mm -hmm. you establish that work ethic and you ultimately become driven, nobody or anything can really take that away from you. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, and that's something that uh, you I'll echo because my parents also had very good work ethic. So then it was just instilled in me, and I was guilty of being a little lazy younger because I really wasn't put to the test yet. And then later in life, kind of excelled at working very hard. Um, but that's that's a good one. That's I think where you can lead by example. Did kids see it? They see you get up, not complain, go to work. Uh, you know, put deals together. I think I want to teach, and I I go back and forth on this, but I definitely want to teach my daughter some element of real estate and finance and give her the basic stepping stones. My parents were good about teaching me finances, but I want to take it kind of a step further because I think if you could start them really young and be conscious of that stuff, time's your biggest asset and you could really set yourself up with help of a parent, um, which my parents did, but also to do so that when they get to an age and they need to make a life decision about working for, you know, doing something they're passionate about and enjoy doing and maybe their life's work versus having to go out and get just a job to get by. Mm-hmm. They can make that decision at that time where maybe they choose something that doesn't make as much in the short term, 
but ultimately they'll be happier in the long term. You like that? I love it. It's perfect. But so again, both of our parents, they were they were able to show us through the the physicality of actually working. Yeah, the action. I got something for you. I want to pick your brain on this. Uh-oh. So you know how <laughs> I would say, uh oh, it's just a reaction. Uh-oh. What's coming next? So entrepreneurial skills these days are is something that whether you're working in the corporate world, you're in real estate, you're you know private public sector, whatever it is, is something that can be utilized everywhere, right? So what if we did something? And I'm just really talking through this live. We haven't discussed this. What if instead of paying your daughter to do chores, like I'm sure we would both do, you know, you teach her how to do her own laundry and take care of herself and help out around the household, all that stuff. Which I feel kind of guilty of because I didn't really do, my parents had me do stuff, uh-huh. but they were very helpful. In that aspect. Yeah, like I, I definitely yeah. didn't pull my weight when I was younger. <laughs> and now looking back, I'm like, wow, I was a little jerk. But, <laughs> but no, th- I was good fine. to other people. Right. So. And, and you gain the experience elsewhere. But yeah. so that's the physicality <laughs> part of the actual work. Yeah. But what if every time they read a book, that's we paid good. them? That's good. To literally show, like, look, this is the type of work that you need to be doing. And if we instill confidence by providing our, you know, young daughters with actual positive material to read from an early age Mm -hmm. and then actually pay them to do that and that knowledge then starts to seep in super young, I think that will make a massive difference in the lives that they're going to pursue later on. Yeah, that's good. Are you going to pay them every 10 pages? I was going to say, I don't know. I might have to teach the 10-page thing. I'm looking forward to this, by the way, because then I can read with somebody. Yeah. But hopefully it won't take me any longer to read my 10 pages. Yeah. (laughs) I I think that's good. I think think also like a lot of things we did was we tried to sell things. Mm -hmm. We did lemonades, uh, lemonades, kind of the basic stuff. But just showing the value. Like I remember making decent money like when I was young for stuff but didn't know what to do with it and i always wanted to do something with it and i got like a cd at one point which was so slow i wasn't patient so i was like this is so pointless like a banks and then i was like all right let me try to day trade and i tried that when i was young but i didn't really have a a long-term landscape or vision to be able to make the right decisions early Mm -hmm. because i just didn't know what i didn't know you know so I, i i don't know i think to the point of the book thing, I think Monopoly is a great game yep. to just play with kids and then teach them about assets. Um, and obviously, you can take it a step further. But I like disguising fun with learning. Yep. Hopefully, by that time, I'll have a couple properties I can bring my daughter to and say, oh, look, this is what we do. This is how we prep it. You know, And if they don't want to do real estate when they get older, that's fine. But at least they have the basic knowledge right. to be and, able and to... And again, the skills translate everywhere. Yeah. You know, Once you establish that work ethic, that mindset... That translates to yeah, anything, anything in life. Yeah. Speaking of what you just said, um, you, you just mentioned something about like disguising fun. Yeah. I saw something on Instagram. I forget who it was. Uh, if I if I remembered, I would definitely shout them out. But they took Fruit Loops and they were playing with their their daughter or son and basically made a fun dynamic game out of it. So you know how Fruit Loops are different colors. Mm-hmm. So the parent took a big circle and made it like red, and then they would put the fruit loops from the actual cereal box into the colors. And nice. it was very, I'm talking like the kid maybe wasn't even one. Oh really? Yeah. So yeah. it was, it was something like that where you're disguising like, Oh wow, I actually eat fruit loops, but now I'm playing a game. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So little things like That's that. Good. What's your take on teaching like chores around the household? 
here's my thing. I feel guilty because I didn't really do many chores. I wasn't great at chores. And and then if I then request chores and make them do something I didn't do, I'd be like, well, I didn't really do. But I feel like it's valuable. So Yeah, but I don't think I was doing you know an absurd amount of chores around the house. But no. I will tell you this, that I do chores now because, again, it, it translates – much bigger than just my house. Yeah. But my daughter will definitely learn how to thoroughly clean things. And not just because she's a, a female, because <laughs> I actually love to clean. Yeah. You know, as, yeah. as a male. But, you know, doing doing things the right way, and I think this is going to lead right into your, um, one of your mantras. Yeah. But, you know, whether you're cleaning the toilet or you're cleaning your office, it still needs to be done thoroughly and you mm-hmm. should take your time and do it the right way. And being able to, discuss these types of things and explaining that stuff i don't think that's the norm with parenting these days yeah you know everybody has their own little niche and everybody's phenomenal parents i get that but i want to be i want to create something a little bit different for my child my children to where you're talking about these things to explain the much bigger picture yeah and it might be you know in it sound like it's in another, another language to them but if you keep doing that through repetition as a parent i think that's going to make the ultimate difference later on yeah i think if you can somehow set up a chore that has a reward on the back end yep. and it's not just like um, a ice cream cone or like you have to clean your bike or put your air in your tires so then you could actually ride the bike you know do something mm-hmm. where it's you're seeing the result pretty quickly yes that's, that's actually something a like very that good point i don't know I, I am worried because with my dog, I've been trying to train him, and I haven't been very successful yet. Some aspects, yes. He sits when he wants his breakfast. <laughs> yeah, basic yeah. stuff. Right. But, you know, that makes me, just seeing my dog makes me worried about executing on all these lessons because very easily you can get wrapped up in your day-to-day of course. and let that stuff slide. So I, I'm curious. Obviously, all this stuff is well and good that we're saying, but it's like how do we go execute the stuff that's important, yep. like we're saying. Yeah, no. So how we do that is we live in that moment. Yeah, you know, and we, we don't put them on because, the podcast because <laughs> because we're too busy in our lives. We can't really look too far down the line. Yeah, and it, we have to focus on that day. Yeah. You know, and if we commit to doing something with our daughters at that time, we have to commit to that. And you always essentially make time for the things that matter. And I don't really think that's going to be a problem for us. Yeah, you know, we're going to have to figure everything else out as we yeah. go. Uh, but you know, making time, I, I don't think that's going to be the big problem. Yeah. And I think having one last thing too, I think having a partner through it is, you know, knowing that Dana will be there to help. Oh, I thought you were talking uh, about me. No, not you. <laughs> you as well. But <laughs> I'm just, kidding. just having those conversations to figure out together how to approach things, because I definitely think I'm going to be a little more of a pushover. Not that Dana is tough, but um, you know, yeah, I'm in a full agreement with you there. Yeah. But kind of having a strategy together to outsmart, hopefully, like a three-year-old. <laughs> hopefully, we can figure it out, right. but it's uh, no, it, it's less daunting. It's going to be the biggest challenge of our lives. I don't think we can even put it into perspective until yeah. we're actually living it. It's nuts. Uh, but it's pretty cool that we have the opportunity to discuss this stuff. How crazy is pregnancy in general? Like, how oh, crazy man. is that they're growing a baby inside? It blows my mind yeah. every time. And, I and we're it. both just about halfway there now. Yeah. Right? It's Approximately 20, 21 weeks, whatever. So the the body is just it's an amazing thing do you feel i have a question on you here do you feel any you might think i'm crazy right i i believe that i feel pregnancy symptoms 
in <laughs> like I, in your body I, in my body there are do you days, feel kicking in your stomach no not kicking that's just it, your poor diet <laughs> not not kicking in my stomach but i believe like i you know like random nesting? i have random breakouts now i get these these jitters in my stomach well that's stress i have this, this anxiety that is heightened I feel bloated from time to time. Do you have anything or is this just... Well, so I always joke with Dana and I say like, I heard the term nesting and I connected it. I thought yep. it was funny. Yep. So I'm like, oh, she's nesting when yeah. she does stuff. and she gets You upset. said that last time too. Yeah. But it, so now that you said that last time, I actually started thinking about that. Yeah. And then yeah. I've been thinking the same thing. It's fun. Like when an idea gets in your head and then you start recognizing yeah. it. But I find myself doing all the nesting too. Like I know for work, everything links back to, oh my God, there's a baby on the way. Yep. July 1st, July, whatever it is. I got to get going. So it's, it's weird. It's a weird, it's different. Everything's different. Yep. Like as soon as I found out, even more so now that she's starting to show a little, yep. it's like, whoa. They're bumping. I don't know. I still don't know how I'm going to get through like the delivery. I was, <laughs> I thought it was going to be about, old school. We're worried about how cigar, we're going to get through, right? <laughs> like have a cigar in the waiting room with like, we're worried and they have to actually deliver, but I'm like cigar, whiskey, <laughs> me and Dave will be in the same hospital. That, that So that's also, we should add that Live to the cast. dynamic piece. So we're actually going to deliver in the same hospital. I'm Grinch delivering hospital. their baby, Dave's delivering <laughs> our baby. <laughs> right. There you go. Um, so jump, jump uh-huh. in, that was a good piece. Hut, hut. <laughs> Mike, you, all right. Red seven. <laughs> said hut, hut. Good stuff. All right. So getting back into that, I have, um, you know, another thing that I, as I was like thinking about these topics, it's something that I would have wanted to know earlier than I do now. Yeah. And it's understanding what you can control Mm. and what you cannot control. That's a good one. That's a very good one. That's stoicism, I believe. Stoicism. Very nice, Mike. So if you think, (laughs) I don't know, but if you have this, you know, and, and you're able to create, you know, this mindset for our daughters to where they understand the controllable and it could be something very basic versus the uncontrollable things. The everything else in life and school just becomes so much easier. So it's accepting the uncontrollable factors, not being anxious and stressed about things that we can't control because I know every day this is something that I'm reminded of because when I do get stressed and I get anxious, I'm 90% of the time thinking about things that is not going to change regardless. Mm -hmm. So then you have to circle back and think about, okay, well, what's the little thing that I can do? What's the action that I can take to then relieve the stress and anxiety? Yeah. Yeah, the 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 thought of putting things back into perspective. Like anytime I get stressed up, stressed out now, I'm like, I have a daughter on the way. Like that is way bigger than anything I'm dealing with today. Yep. You know, so it kind of keeps you grounded. Yeah. Um, but it's, I don't know, teaching teaching this to some, like it took so long for me to figure out these things and be more calm and let things happen and just control what you can because part of me thinks you can't learn yourself unless you experience some things Mm -hmm. and no matter how much someone tells you something until you go through it it really doesn't stick people told me things and i'm like yeah okay whatever and then once it happens you're like ah that's what yes that's what they were saying so the only thing i will echo on that is what if you were told that same exact thing on a consistent basis and every single time that that same topic came up it was highlighted and discussed I think that is the difference because as we grew up, of course, yeah. our parents or you know family members always 
teaching us lessons along the way. But if you establish a core in your household, yeah. you know, and during dinner, it's these types of conversations that you're having. Yeah. And obviously that the, the norm of how was your day and all that stuff. But if, if I, I believe that if I dial in and my wife dials in to instilling this stuff into our daughter, it becomes on us to then be consistent with mm. it. Yeah. Um, and that plays right into the no snooze mindset in general. Yeah. Well, there's uh, I know we talk about uh, the bronze occasionally and yes. scooter. And uh, so Adam Braun, I read his book. It's called The Promise of a Pencil. Mm-hmm. He does a nonprofit. I read a while ago, so I yep. could be butchering some parts. But basically the message is and I don't know if you talked about it also, but Mr. Braun would say we're different. We're bronze. Yep. And I like that. So I tried to do that with Dana. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, Dana, we're Pirellis. We're different. <laughs> like. It sounds pompous, obviously, but it's kind of cool because you're kind of brainwashing to not accept just, you know, what everyone else is doing because everyone's different just because three people don't want to do, you know, work extra hard or don't aspire to be certain things doesn't mean you can't do it. And by setting that groundwork early, I think it could be beneficial. Yep. Um, Scooter actually, so that's, that's a great point, but Scooter he recently went on Tony Gonzalez's uh, podcast, great podcast, and he was talking about, you know, his upbringing and how he came up. But it was exactly that. And every single night before they went to sleep, it was bronze are different. Yeah. Bronze are different. Yeah. And Scooter says, we started po- to believe the nonsense. Yeah, yeah. You know, we believe the BS that was being instilled in our head. And then it didn't, it, they realized that it wasn't BS. Mm-hmm. You know, but something so simple like just hearing it every day that, you know what, you are different. You are destined for greatness. Mm-hmm. And look look at where they're at now. But yeah. this is something that Irv, Irvin Braun, his dad, did with us, even as, as players and athletes. Pretty cool. You know, he would pull us in a locker room, and the same stuff that Scooter spoke about, he was instilling that in our heads. We only had him for, you know, two, three, four years, whatever it was. So imagine the impact that he had on, on his sons and his family. Well, uh, Jimmy Valvano, there's a documentary about him. He was a basketball coach, and he, one of my favorite, another great documentary, Survive in Advance, it's a mm-hmm. 30 for 30. Yep. But basically, basically, he to get he kept his goals in his uh, suit pocket every day, and he wrote the same thing, win a national championship, and his wife would wash him and always, and he'd rewrite him and put him back in. Um, and the other thing he did was he prepared his team for success, and he would go through the whole process of cutting down the nets before they even were into the tournament. So when they did it, it became It kind of was like feeling. this brainwashing. Yep. So maybe we'll right. be cutting down the nets with our daughters <laughs> if they're ball. And I don't want, you know, I, I don't mean for this to come off like crazy and like, you know, obviously we're going to mess up along the way. That That's always going to happen. But yeah. all we can do right now at this point is try to put our best foot forward, yeah. try to figure Strategize. this out. Uh, so I don't want, you know, when my daughter's, out acting crazy at someone's house like oh yeah no snooze you really got this one under control yeah, like, <laughs> so i used to give my uh brother and sister-in-law listen frank we mentioned you a lot give them a hard time about lola their dog she's the cutest dog of all time but she's nuts so i used to say oh great parenting like joking around before oh, I we had a dog this one then we got a dog <laughs> and my dog is nuts so like every time i look at him i'm like oh, i shouldn't have said something so one of the things I'm definitely not going to do is critique other people's parents. <laughs> right, yes. Because it comes back tenfold. Oh, of course. Yeah, so I apologize for that comment. And I know, uh, oh, yeah, and Petey bit Frank in the face. Like, oh, yeah, that was not good. Sorry, That Frank. was at the gender reveal. Petey loves you. Sorry <laughs> about that. So now that you mentioned, you know, Frank and family, we're talking about 
you know, that whole dynamic um, that, that brings me to another point of teaching the lesson of how to love hard and love unconditionally. Hmm. And this is something that I believe I have really just started to figure out. Loving unconditionally is removing the conditions from the relationship. So once you put your time and energy into anybody, whether that's a boyfriend, whether it's a girlfriend, your mom, your dad, brother, sister, any relationship that you want to put love into and you decide that that's a relationship you want to pursue, I am going to do my best to teach how to love unconditionally that, you know, people are going to make bad decisions all the time Mm -hmm. and people are going to impact your life in a negative way. And if you truly love that person, you need to remove that bad, you know, action that they took. You need to remove the bad condition that they placed on the relationship and still love that person and give them another opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I believe in second chances, you know, in everything in life, Uh, the episode five with, James McLeod was all about, you know, getting another chance and he got another chance and look at what he's doing with his life. Mm -hmm. You know, and you can apply that again. That's a bigger picture, but apply that same mindset to your work relationships, Mm -hmm. to your marriage, to your boyfriend of six months. If you decide to love that person, doesn't mean you have to be with them forever, but be all in in your relationships. Yeah. See the whole relationship thing too. That's a whole nother. Thing oh, wait till to to, wait till you, wait till you hit these questies. I was minute. joking around with uh, people are asking, oh, like you have names picked out of this and that, and I was joking around. And I was like, yeah, just, you know, hopefully she's blonde, and we could put her in a tower named Rapunzel. <laughs> 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 I don't really mean that, but it's just a habit of. Uh, I, I'm on it. I'm being very honest with everyone. I'm very overwhelmed by the whole process of having a dog. I'm super excited. I see a lot of great fathers, and you know who you are because I reach out to you and say like. You know, I was nervous to have a daughter, but I'm so excited now because I see how great you guys are with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it's unknown territory. Yeah, of course. In a big way. I want, I want to put you on the spot here. Oh, Tap God. into that um, relationship piece. Not, not as a boyfriend-girlfriend, but the importance that you see now where you're at, at 29 years old. That's right. To where, you know, you, if you did have this mentality early on, what do you think that could have that could have done and the importance of loving unconditionally? Um, I think I was always not very emotional with stuff. I just was always big picture as far as like relationships. I was always uh, good with a tight group of friends and like very would do anything for them. I would think I think they would say that. Yep. Um, and with like family, we were a family that says love a lot, almost too much. No offense, but other people have been like, like, you guys say a lot, a lot. I'm like, well, it's just kind of a habit, which is a good habit. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I mean, I think early on it was pretty instilled in us. And, you know, not till later in life did I find Dana. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's a skill, like you're saying. It's a skill to be uh, not expecting anything, but just do it out of, you know, out of kindness. And which is a big thing that I know we talked about prior is. I think if my kids are respect, our kids, excuse me, sorry, Dana, if our kids are respectable and kind, you really can't lose. I think uh, that's the biggest thing in life. If you, if you're one of the proudest things that my brother and I have been able to accomplish with obviously the, the, uh, the raising of our parents is that they get super proud when they get compliments about us. And it's a weird thing because it's like you're getting compliments and it's we don't like attention type thing. But it does make you feel very good that your parents are super proud of you and how you present yourself to other people. 
Not to me and Frank used to beat each other up and behind closed doors, break doors, break noses. Had the cops called on us. Dave was there. Um, but when we were out with other people, we were very respectful. Part of it was we were afraid that our family was going to find out we were going to get in trouble. Yep. But it's all these big concepts are like floating around in your head, but it all comes back to like trying to be kind and respectful, I yes. think. No, 100%. And I think you agree no, with that. No, uh, 100%. And I can only echo that. You know, you, your family, I, I've been around the family for many years now, and that's what your premise is, you know, as a family, is based off of that stuff. So everything else comes much easier when that is the foundation. And the happiness piece that we talk about I, and the positivity, I think, comes from that because if you're just being kind and respectful to people, they're going to reciprocate and then you'll have a better view. Obviously people screw you over in your life and there's deals that won't go through or situations that don't work out. But on the majority, if most people you're dealing with, if you're kind and respectful, even if they're in a terrible mood at some point, they'll break and you'll get some reciprocity and then it snowballs. Yep. That's, I think. I don't no, know. No, no. Reciprocity. No, no. But reciprocity is a big thing and it's a word that's not really used a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it, if, if you read a, a lot of, you know, look, 10 pages a day, you know, I'm seeing that word, Crushing I'm seeing that it. word over and over again, but it's doing things exactly like you're saying without the expectation of receiving it. Yeah. And if you actually look at all of the relationships in our lives, a lot of it is based off of that selfish piece. Uh, and this is, this is me to a T, you know, it, it hasn't been until recently to where I've started to identify those and when you, you know, get get to receive that mindset early on, you're so much better off for the long term. Yeah, it's it's going to be. Uh, I don't know if you got to organize uh, the. I don't know if you have to organize how you approach this stuff with your kids, or you just react when they have a life circumstance, and then you're able to insert. Like, do you have a list of like these are the things I want to instill, and then here's my opportunity. All right, let me put that piece in. You know. Yeah. I think it's kind of a, a controlled chaos. Yes. I, I don't I have oh, no yeah. idea. No, we again, we have no idea. All we can <laughs> this do is, is the best. We can, Two guys without kids <laughs> talking about how to parent. This going to be a good episode. But see, I don't think it's I don't think it's that, Mike. I talking think it's about what, how we want to parent. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's still hilarious it's in a concept. Per- <laughs> People would be like, "Wait, what?" It's in a perfect world yeah. the important lessons that you want to teach. And you have the ability to do it or not do it. This is a good action piece. We have a lot of people out there that joke around with us and they're like, all right, we'll see how you know snooze when you have kids. Exactly. Comment on this if video, anchor, wherever you can in our page. Like, what do you think that we're being blindsided by in the first yep. couple months? Like, are we way offline here? Are we not <laughs> even close? Like, you know, That's is good. it just survive in advance with kids? Yeah, well, like, I, just get to the next again, day. I, I think it's, we, we can't even. How'd you work in the delivery room? Like, <laughs> I am freaking out. But no, no. But we're, I'm going to be like the guy in We're jumping over things. that. We're jumping over that right now. But I'm, I think this, that way. Yeah. I'm like, yep. so, go, so, so yeah, hopefully we could get through the delivery process and not just pass out. The wheels were coming off. Right. I don't know was, <laughs> sometimes when you think too much about it. You're freaking out right now. I could tell. Yeah, You're yeah. freaking out. All these ideas. Yeah. Um, no, that's really good stuff, man. So there were a couple questions that came in. And again, there were some that were more political based than others. So there, if you don't hear your question, you know, I, sorry, but we couldn't. We if couldn't you don't hear them, Dave chose them, so <laughs> send him the hate We mail. couldn't get to them all, but there's certain ones that, you know, with our with our jobs, it, it just doesn't seem like something that we feel comfortable talking about, to be transparent. And to be transparent, I don't think you'd want my opinion on that <laughs> stuff, because I don't know enough about a lot of this stuff, just because I don't choose to educate. 
so that I'm, which is <laughs> defensive, but I don't choose to educate. So then when someone asks me, I don't have to like lie and say, oh, I don't think I'm just like, I don't know enough. Yeah. No. So everything we do, we're doing, we're trying to do is through our experiences versus teaching. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not teachers. My wife's a teacher though. She yeah, can teach a lot. That's pretty. Um, so what's one piece of advice from the male perspective that you would tell your daughter when she's in a relationship? Jesus Christ. Oof. Who asked this one? You always do that. I and until know, I get clear, I want to know if it's someone who knows me. <laughs> no, I can okay. tell you that. Okay. I can tell you that. No, right. but it was from the male perspectives actually male was perspectives. The, the plural. So I guess depends what age, right? Like, are you dating when you're, uh, you know, is it puppy love? Is it, that's another thing. Like, how do I know I'll if they're serious it. or I'll not? I'll change it. So yeah, give me it's the first, first relationship. First. Oh, first relationship. Whether it, you know, whatever partner she chooses what is the advice that you would give to her i would based on my past i would tell her to not be too critical on the early selfishness of a gentleman or significant other um because when you are in your first real relationship you you figure out how to compromise and you're going to make a lot of early mistakes of not going to events or not prioritizing certain things because up until that point your schedule was at your own and then when you have someone you love and you want to be involved in their life you'll naturally sacrifices in the work compromise to make yourself more involved with theirs and mesh it together and if you're not then you'll just kind of separate so that's my thought. That's that's good. Is that good? That is. I think that's good. a safe well, answer too. Well said. <laughs> yeah. I, I see you thinking Thank about you very much. Your words. No, but that that's that's a smart piece there. And I think my advice. I'm so excited to hear this. <laughs> I don't know why I'm excited because you're very f- philosophical. 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 Reg. Philosoph. I wish your name was Philly. I'm calling you Philly. <laughs> philosophical. So, again, I'm I'm thinking in terms of when that first relationship happens. How can I give a piece of advice that would relate? to life in general. Mm. And I think the piece would be, do not try to change people. Mm. And you can do a lot as a woman to support the change of somebody you're in a relationship with, but that can only happen if that person wants to change. And apply that to any relationship that you're in, if it's your work relationship or it's a significant other. But if you and your significant other can't figure it out and you want something so badly for that person to either do or act a certain way, don't waste your time trying to change that person. You can tell them how you feel, but ultimately that change needs to come from the person themselves and then you can do your best to support the change. Mm. Deep stuff. That's good. That makes, like, that then takes it bigger than just okay, you know, thirteen-year-old little, little relationship. Yeah. But if I teach that early, then it becomes much bigger. You lived up to the hype with that answer. The other thing that you made me think of was that there's this whole theory that uh, daughters marry people that are similar to their father. Oh my God, Mike! There's a whole. You're theory. going into another. Question. Am I jumping into it? Into another question. I'll wait because that was I had a nugget of gold. But uh, go ahead. Wait. You want you want to do it or you want? No, I was just gonna say by acting with your current significant other, Dana, love you, and showing her how a relationship. Not saying we have a perfect relationship, but how you should be or should aspire to be, how a man or a woman, whoever it is, should treat you. 
it helps. A hundred percent. So I, that I'm is, very. So I'm gonna try to step on my game, Dane. It's for you know our daughter for the greater good. Also for you, two birds, one stone. <laughs> there you it's go. for you too. But my, that, there's the tactical thing in you. Yeah, you, but you, it, you're doing. You both. start thinking about that yeah, stuff, which of course. obviously I'm conscious about it, but you yeah. don't really worry about the repercussions until you see a little girl watching yeah exactly and you, which you fly off the handle yep. you're like ah, that's not good you mm-hmm. know so even now i feel more guilty the baby's not even here but maybe she hears me in the womb you know yeah talking I, loudly i started or, i started singing actually i have a god yeah no it's tough my voice is tough but i have a little jingle I won't share it yet because her name is in it so we'll wait yeah. on that but yeah. I, I i gotta share that with you so <laughs> Do I have to make a jingle? <laughs> <laughs> to that piece, though, would you allow your daughter to date someone like you when you were single? I would say absolutely. I definitely and won't that- let my daughter date someone like you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's funny. You're, you're horrendous, uh, not, not tremendous. tremendous. Uh, like me when I was saying, I guess you'd have to ask, people no that, no 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 be selfish go ahead you this I question think, was i for think you. on the whole i was a good person when i was single obviously like i said i say multiple times i was very selfish yeah. because i just didn't i knew i wasn't committing mm-hmm. and i knew i was priority which is very selfish um but if she is dating someone like that she'll learn quickly like i said either they compromise or they move on yeah so i'm in trying to inc- be inclusive of all my flaws here in terms of that response, just like you are. Yeah. But I would still say absolutely, because I think that my my values and, you know, my my family, um, I guess my family history in terms of what was instilled in me early from my entire family, I think that core mm-hmm. is what represents Dave Regina. I know mm-hmm. you like when I refer to myself in, in third person. Love the third person drop. But even though I made a ton of mistakes along the way, and I'm sure I'll continue to make mistakes, I would be fine with my daughter dating myself when I was, you know, single at any point. Yeah. And not because I was the best, because I was not. Yeah. And I'm still not. Yeah. But I think that, you know, I'm still a good person. It's a good question. To what you were saying about just being a good person in general. Yeah. And having respect. And there was times that, of course, I've been disrespectful in relationships. But going through that whole experience in life is something that we really can't sit down and explain to our daughters. Yeah. You know, they have to figure that piece out, but I would still be okay with it. I would, I would be actually ecstatic though. If she brought somebody home like you, oh, I appreciate it. You know, likewise, but I, I just, I have these visuals. Yeah. It's tough. It's and I tough. like you answering the it. door and I have my gun and my Bible, but yeah, no, I'm just, just, and, <laughs> just uh, on the I have table. a beard and some tats. Right. And, well, that's uh, all I'm doing. I'm, I'm, preparing oh yeah. and, and and that's it though but i'm sitting in a wife beater i have a lot of tattoos i'm going to continue to grow this this beard so as soon as any you know significant other walks in at any age yeah nice firm handshake look in the eyes yeah like what if the dude's like six eight and i'm like oh i guess i yeah, gotta that's gonna knock this kid out yeah, but you... that's why you gotta do it early so they already know like you know growing up growing up who the serious dads were yeah you know yeah so we got we got to work on that yeah i definitely yeah, have to we work gotta on toughen that. up uh, that's a great question. These <laughs> this is good, right? All right, this one is a little political here, uh, but I, I I don't mind jumping in on this one too. What is your take on vaccinating your child? Good one. So I don't mind jumping in because I actually just watched this documentary again, Documentary Dave, 
I forget. Bro science. Here yeah. we go. It was something about the flu, though. I forget what the... <laughs> the no, great, I forget the title. Great start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I was really in, intrigued by this documentary. Something about the flu. No, but it's a series, but I watched the, the episode that was on the flu vaccine. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, whether you have your religious views, I know a lot of that plays into it. And they actually highlighted that on the documentary. And on the documentary. Personally, for me, through discussion with doctors in the field, because we're going through that now. We're having these conversations, you know, when we're in at our appointments. I am confident for myself that we will choose to vaccinate children that we have because it makes them less vulnerable, in my opinion, to, you know, getting whatever diseases are out there. Like these strands are not always current in terms of like the flu vaccine and the vaccines that they're getting. But I think now it's important because I see it in my line of work that kids are vaccinated because they actually are starting to change the laws that they can't participate in certain activities without these vaccinations. And I don't believe that I'm going to go the route of homeschooling. So with that said, I would absolutely choose to vaccinate you know, my children. Got to talk to the wife, obviously. Yeah, uh, that was going to be my answer. I was like, I'm going to talk to Dana <laughs> great, and we'll see what we answer. decide. I feel I, like Bill Belichick, like on to the next week. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're choosing to I don't, skip I don't, out on that I don't that know one? enough yet to make a decision. I'm just trying to get through the delivery. The delivery, excuse me. Um, I haven't really thought about that much. It's funny what you think about mm-hmm. and then like the things you actually should be thinking about, you don't really think about. Yeah, no, I, I got you. So last one here. Uh-oh. And I want you to answer it now because you deferred the last one. I did. I played the fifth. What is your greatest fear in having a daughter? My greatest fear in having a daughter is that she doesn't feel like I was around enough or communicated enough with her that she feels comfortable with our relationship and it results in some bad event, you know? some mm. type of spiraling out. Obviously you do all you can um, and you can't control certain things, but something directly affected with my lack of action or action. Wow. Politically so, correct. No, no, but it was, it was a beautiful answer and it happens to be, it's vague. No, but it's no, no, it happens to be my answer too. Nice. S- seriously. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, ditto. <laughs> uh, yeah, d- ditto. And I'm dead serious. It, I think the biggest fear there is, you know, when they are grown, them not feeling that I did everything I could yeah. to at least prepare them for, you know, what life has to throw at you. Yeah. And I think that's a joint effort between Karina and I. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, absolutely. But my greatest fear is you know, personally not being enough. Yeah. So that plays right into your, your piece. Yeah. There. And you hear about these relationships where like father, daughter don't talk. Like, yeah, yeah, awful. no, that, that I know Yeah, it is tough. Um, all right. So that, I mean, that kind of ends us on a serious note. So we got to bring it back to life with Dave's dime of the week. Dimes, dimes, dimes. My man. I am not what I have done. I am what I have overcome. Forget what hurts you. But never forget what it taught you. Don't be afraid of change. It is leading you to a new beginning. That's a good one. Who said that? Do we know? It's not a clue. I don't know who said mine either, but that's good. Sorry, I might right. have said and that. It plays, yeah, I think Mike Pirelli. Uh, but it plays right into you know starting a new 
a new chapter in our lives in terms yeah. of um, fatherhood. And I think you can apply it to any struggle that you're going through, you know, th- yeah. that there's always something else on the other side. That's good. Hit so me, kid. I'm going to be doing Miguel's mantras. Mantras, mantras. Miguel's? Miguel. <laughs> in a world where you can be anything, be kind. A little short and sweet. You know? I like it. Just like my daughter. <laughs> short and sweet like my daughter. That's good, kid. Uh, so let's uh, let's really end it on a light note because this has been popping lately. And I hear you have some heat on the feet. Suit is very tight. But yeah, I just want to yeah. give a shout out before I do this to uh, Billy Gallagher, newest subscriber. Nice. Hung out with him in Florida and he walks an hour a night. I think it's an hour a night or three miles a night. Wow. And he listens to the pod. So special shout out. Okay, Hopefully you listening to the end else you missed it. Uh-huh. And don't tell him about it. No, I won't. Good. People will probably know. Show us what so you my got. my feet on the feet today. Ooh, my socks are a little frayed. This is good. Oh, my. It's your stuff. Oh, here you go. So we got. Mush. This is a movie that. Have you seen The Godfather? I have seen The Godfather. Could have been a contender. Troll in a bad So these trim. are some of my favorites. Show it to the, mid, to the middle camera. I'm wearing, like I said before, my tight suit, so this is tough. Those are nice, good. kid. I like those. Can you see them? Yeah, but it plays right into the whole Italian theme of, you know, the movie factor and you being mush. Yeah, yeah. Right? So if you haven't checked out a Bronx Tale or The Godfather. It's not a great brand for a real estate agent. It's called mush. (laughs) That's good stuff, man. Mush real estate. Um, So, guys, what's been big for us lately, too, last piece, is, you know, just take the time to, if you do listen to the podcast and you, you know, appreciate the content that we're putting out and you happen to, to stumble across Apple iTunes or, you know, Apple Podcasts, go ahead and, and rate that because the more devices that receive that rating, the quicker then we can get the word out. Uh, so that's very helpful to us. And it's just, you know, if you feel that this is some valuable stuff and you're listening to it and you're having a good time and enjoying the journey with us, we definitely appreciate that. Definitely. Uh, other ask is if you uh, manage or know of co-working space, we are currently on the prowl for a couple of recording locations yes uh just for efficiency effectiveness and convenience convenience there you go uh so reach out to us dm and keep commenting i crack up at all these comments (laughs) the serious ones (laughs) the light ones but serious ones yeah they're they're good keep them coming listen i love the podcast but the guy with the beard is very annoying (laughs) (laughs) that's good stuff until next time stop snoozing get up and get after it my man if you ain't the boss my god i got so nervous That's another Effie in the Books. Go follow us on Instagram and Facebook at No Snooze Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, No Snooze. Come on. Come on. If you want to inquire about potential sponsorship and or collaboration, reach out to us at nosnoozepodcast at gmail.com or message our Instagram page, which is at no snooze podcast.